Thank you. <clears throat> so every once in a while, <clears throat> you get a chance to uh, have someone come into your life that is like a hero to you. And uh, I've had a number of them in my life, Dr. Sid being one of them. But <clears throat> even more so, um, in, a, in a personal fashion, was Dr. Santo, Dr. Vic Santo. So I'll tell you a story uh, soon about when I first went to BE in 93 uh, and how Dr. Sid changed so much of my thinking. But Dr. Santo actually was in New Jersey, maybe a few miles from my practice in Crestfield, New Jersey. So after uh, the first DE and I heard that he was from New Jersey, I went up to him and uh, I said, Dr. Santo, I want to talk with you. Can we talk? He said, sure, let's do lunch. He gave me his card, and I thought he would never agree to it once. The other was just trying to be nice and something, but ended up he wasn't. And we ended up having many lunches together uh, until uh, I, uh, until he actually moved down to Florida um, and sent me retired. And uh, the first lunch that I uh, sat with him was maybe September or so after that July DE in 1993. And I happen to have a tie on, just like I'm wearing tonight, I'm doing a presentation tonight, but I had a tie on because I wore a tie every day in the office because that's what I thought you were supposed to do. <coughs> and um, I didn't know. So um, he sat down with me and uh, I also had a jacket on because I had to look very, you know, a certain image. And he sat down with me and he looked at me like this, and he shook his head, and he said, Drew, um, why are you dressed like that? And I'm like, dressed like what? Like, I didn't know what he was talking about. And he said, Drew, why are you dressed like this? Why do you have a tie on? Why are you jacking on? And I said, uh, it looks good, you know? And he said, no, no, no. He said, Drew, why do you have a tie on? And I said, because it makes me look like a doctor. And he said, exactly. He said, do you wear this in your office all the time? And I said, yeah, I wear a tie every single day. And he said, so you are wearing this tie because of what? And at the time, even though I don't look at now, I looked very young. Uh, uh, so when I graduated, I was 26. When I graduated, I looked like I was 18. So people used to say to me all the time, like, like where's your father? You must be like the son. Where's your father? Uh, so I was a very young face, so I thought it maybe looked a little older. And he said, Drew, you got to stop with this tie thing. Take off the tie. And I'm like, okay, I, I won't wear a tie anymore in the office. And he said, no, I want you to take it off, you know, now. And I'm like, you want me to take the tie off now? And he said, he reached over the table, grabbed my tie, pulled me face to face with me. And he said, I never want you to wear a tie in the office again. Do you get it? I was like, yes, sir, yes, sir, absolutely, anything you say. So I took off my tie, and uh, between that conversation and the time I had with Dr. Sid, my practice in a month or two's time had tripled. Because the two of them just took a special interest in me and essentially slapped me upside the head and made me really think about who I was trying to portray and what I was trying to do and where my priorities were. And Dr. Santa really taught me about going inside, right? 
and looking inside myself and saying, like you said, who are you practicing for, right? Now, I was a poor kid, right? I lived in a one-bedroom apartment, and I was on the pull-out couch. So I was a poor kid from a little town with two parents who never graduated from college. So I'm the first doctor in the family. So I had all these things that I had to live up to in my head and all this pressure on me. And I had, at the time, $100,000 of student loans, which is equivalent to your $200,000 today, you know, back in the 80s. And I was scared out of my mind because I was saying to myself, how could I be a doctor, right? Like nobody else in my family has even graduated from college and here I am like telling people what to do. And I had this complex in my head that I am not worthy of this, you know. People, how would people pay me to, like who has come see me, right? And he was like, like they're not coming to see you, right? You've got nothing to do with this. Right, just like what you said, that I heard being a vessel, being a conduit, you're just like a medium, you're just like an in-between. You're just trying to, you're their guy. You have nothing to do with this. Like, stop thinking that you have anything to do with their healing. As if, he said, I remember him saying, been yelling at me over lunch one day, saying, who do you think does the healing? Are you doing the healing? I was like, yeah, I'm the doctor. He said, what, are you kidding me? You're not doing anything. You, you, the body is doing the healing. The doctor is in the body. <clears throat> it's not you. You're not, just because you push on a bone doesn't make you the healer. All it makes you is the person who's pushing on the bone. But the key is, is that if you push, if you adjust them with the right intent, right, and the right direction, and the right heart, and the right philosophy, it's not about just shifting a bone from point A to point B. It's about shifting their life, but shifting what's in, inside their head, not their neck necessarily, what's inside their head. But sure, adjusting them is, is like the way you're, you're getting into them, but what's really happening is you're trying to educate them become a different person, right? And not just change their particular, how their neck looks. Like who cares if their neck goes from a straight, you know, to no curve to a curve, if they don't change anything else and they're still the rotten person that they were before, right? It's, it's not about how, what their curve looks like or, or, you know, if their pain goes away. It's about how, if their life changes and they can change others' lives and they can change their family's life. That's what it's about. So he was instrumental in teaching me that. And he was instrumental in sitting down with me, lunch after lunch after lunch, to make sure I was on the straight and narrow and saying, are you reading your green books? You know, what are you reading now? What are you studying now? What are you listening to? Are you listening to Dr. Sid? You listen to, and I, used, I had tape, if you go into my, my, one of my closets, I just have reams of audio tapes before they had CDs and MP3s. Reams of audio tapes of Sigafus and Dr. Sid. And Dr. Sandra used to have a, um, uh, used to have a tape of the month thing that I subscribed to for years that I'm now transcribing onto MP3 so I can still listen to it. So this is the, I mean, he just said, pour this stuff in, Drew. Pour it into your head so that when someone talks to you, you spit this stuff out, right? Don't spit out USA Today. Don't spit out New York Times. Spit out chiropractic because that's what they really want. So I, I'm introducing you to all these special chiropractors because unfortunately most of you I probably never had a chance to even hear of Dr. Santo, let alone hear him speak. Did anybody actually hear him or see him before? Okay, yeah, a few of you, great. So you guys are the lucky ones, right, to have been touched by him. Just like Dr. Sid, many of you probably never actually saw him in person. How many have actually seen Dr. Sid? All right, more of you, but not all of you, right? So I'm gonna introduce you to Dr. Sid. Next few weeks, I'm gonna play some different videos and vignettes from him, because you need to know our history, right? These guys, these guys should be our heroes. And 
uh, I'm just excited to be able to have the platform to, to thank them. And if, if they were here right now, I would be giving them a big hug and a big high five and saying, you don't know how, like BJ said, you never know how far reaching something you may think Sarah do will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. When he told me to take off that tie, he changed my life. And I hope like someday to be able to turn that favor to other people, you know, to be able to sit down with, with someone and change their life the way he was able to, to change mine. Dr. Rubin, how long have yes. you been in practice when you started having a about this? Uh, I graduated in 89, and that was 93.